So, the lesson Pastor said, it's on winning the king's favor. And uh, I don't know, uh, we for years have collected these things that are called uh, Bible principles. That's the way I learn best. Uh, I, I enjoy all types of preaching and so forth. Uh, I'm not a real good note taker. Uh, I usually have to go home if I want to learn something and make it through again, you know. And of course, the Bible teaches and encourages meditation and uh, think it through and sometimes kind of get it down to the lowest denominator. And that's kind of what this is. And if you were here Wednesday when I uh, spoke on having a glad heart, that was the main topic, and it had principles under that, um, you found that I had, um, uh, I, I think I had nine that I had found. Just there's, I'm sure many, many more, but nine that I was able to find. And uh, I explained that there are three types of people that the book of Proverbs talks about in this world. There's the wise, the simple, and the fool. Some of you are listening. The fool. And uh, there are different definitions and different Bible colleges, and they all really say the same thing, just a little tweaking one way or another. The one that I had learned, the one that I've used, the definition for wise is someone who desires to pinpoint and practice God's principles. That's what's going to rule and govern their life because they believe the word of God is quick and powerful and sharp. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's what we're supposed to live by because it's God's word. So the wise person pinpoints and practices God's principles. The simple is not maybe someone ignorant, dumb. They're just ignorant of what God's principles are. They don't know. They haven't learned yet. Uh, they could, or they may cho- choose to go another way, the foolish way. And the fool is the one who defies and ignores God's principles. Oftentimes, they're the type of person that says, wouldn't it be great if there was no God? Which reminds us of that verse that says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. That's the person who, in their mind, knows there's a God. Romans 1 and 2 tells us they know from what they see and the conscience within them. They know there's a God. But in their heart, they say, wouldn't it be great if we could live as if there is no God? Do it our way. And that would be a definition of the fool. We try to, I see my wife and I, try to live by these principles. We fail many, many times. We're constantly learning new ones. We have problems and difficulties. Someone might call those the reproofs of life. Difficulties come and God sends sometimes from God. And uh, it causes us to dig or we'll hear a a great message from the pastor. And uh, we'll say, ah, there's another principle. Try to apply it. Last night in talking about that with her, I haven't started the lesson yet, by the way. It's still a warm-up here. Um, I thought I would whet your appetite with one. I gave several a couple weeks ago. Uh, She was having problems with a fellow worker at work. She is a teacher now, but for about 17 years, she worked uh, in the real estate business, title companies, so forth. kind of stuff I could never do, paperwork, documents. And one lady just... It was terrible, Pastor. Just gossip, backbiting. My wife left the office area. That woman was talking about my wife continually. Just, just. And my wife was just at her wit's end. And if you know my wife, you know you may not know this, but she is quite an athlete. <laughs> She's kind of tough, and uh, she could probably uh, whip that other gal. Sad to say, but we think that way sometimes. Not the right way, but she could have taken her. And uh, 
so we're at home talking about this, and I'm getting madder than her because someone's picking on my wife, you know. And it was really, it was really getting to be a, a mess. And uh, we found this verse. I can't even. I think it's in Proverbs 20. I'll say 21:14, and it says, "A gift in secret pacifieth anger." A gift in secret pacifieth anger. Now, it doesn't mean someone's mad at you and you give them a gift. It means more than that. Uh, this thing secret means not that they don't know who gave it. See, if they're mad at you and you give them a gift, they have to know who, got, who they got the gift from so they're not mad at them anymore. But it means you don't advertise it to the rest of the world. So let's say Davin and I have a problem because Davin's mean and I'm nice and he's not a good Christian, I'm a great Christian. And so he's saying smack and stuff. And so I go to Davin and I say, Davin, I really like you. I got a gift for you. And uh, it's a golden watch. I'm making this up, Devin. Okay? This is just... Okay. <laughs> I don't even carry a watch. Uh, well, I don't make fanfare out of that. I don't go out in front of everybody and ever, Hey, look how great Mr. Byron Lewis is. He's giving Davin. Because Davin treated me poorly. But look, I'm doing the right thing. And I'm... It's something done in secret. Two of us. And the Bible says if you do that, pacify his anger it'll fix the problem and guess what i think she got this gal shoes if i was mad at somebody and they got me shoes i would never fix anything a pair of shoes but within the women's world that was a good thing and uh, so she had picked that and we prayed about it and she she uh, presented this gal these shoes secretly just the two of them somewhere and the problem went away it's like what you, god was right again Surprise! Uh, it was just the fulfilling of one of his scriptures, one of his promises, one of his principles. So, anyway, the title is Winning King's Favor. So, I think uh, going into that, my introduction, now I'm ready for the introduction, so I'm almost trying to go home. If you would turn to uh, Psalm chapter 2, verse why I'm going over these verses. I have this title. This isn't really a principle that I was going to discuss yet. I just thought as an introduction to the four principles I brought today. Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Notice it's against the Lord and against his anointed saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. You need to have an understanding of the basic nature of human government apart from God. not talking about government where, uh, oh, um, uh, Daniel, for seven years, you know, God worked things out and he interpreted dreams and he did other things. And and the king, Daniel, something special, brought him up to this high level and had him actually ruling uh, 
And for seven years, it was a great kingdom, and they obeyed the word of the God, and, and everything was done according to God's word. Joseph, you'll remember the story there, his brothers threw him in the pit, and then he had the Potiphar's wife. Eventually, God arranged where he was actually ruling Egypt for 14 years. What we're talking about in, in Psalm chapter 2 here is not a Christian government, but government in general, the nature of it. Their goal is to attack God's authority and undermine or stop or fight against, work against rules that constrain or affect the conduct of man. That's the actual goal of humanistic or human government. That's their basic function. And that is why, right now, if I listen off a few things, I think you would agree with me. Will you agree with me that our, our government is against discipline taught in the Bible? Like, for instance, they're against spanking. Does ring a bell? We have people in here my age, a little bit older, a lot, most my age, and we grew up in the world of spanking, even in the public school. But uh, we don't have spanking anymore, Saul. And, uh, but we do have things called, like abortion. We have laws that actually make it illegal to spank, and we have laws that make it legal to have an abortion. Those, that's opposed to God, God's word. Government's doing that. Those are laws government creates. Uh, we have laws that are against the Bible. Uh, Bible in school. We're removing everything. Scripture, Bible. We used to have ten commandments out. Uh, in God we trust. Uh, you know, these are bad things. We have laws against that. Persecution against that. Laws by our government. But in our schools, pornography. And this is a real strange thing. I actually heard one person say that pornography would be in books. Catcher in the Rye, I remember, was a big controversy. Uh, some of the classes they teach, the books have real explicit things that are embarrassing and wrong and sinful. Uh, they, they teach in our, in our public schools. I can say that I'm a public school teacher, or was, retired a week ago. Um, so now I can criticize them, right? Uh, but they said freedom of the press, you know. That's why we let all this to freedom of the press, and they don't realize the Bible was printed on our press, too. Right? So it's not just freedom of the press. They're opposed to God's authority and the constraints that God's word has on the conduct of man. They oppose it at every angle. That's why the heathen rage. That's why the kings of the earth set themselves. Rulers take counsel against the Lord and his anointed. The anointed would be an example of that would be Christ first came. Uh, they're against the second coming when he's going to set up the kingdom. They're against uh, anointed a pastor uh, in the church age, you know, it's God and the pastor and then guess what? The sheep. And that's the basic that's the basic uh, umbrella of authority. Uh, out in public, you have different jobs. Uh, we might, in my field, it was, you know, there was a superintendent and then 5,000 administrators all the way down to me, the bottom of the food chain, teacher. Uh, well, in the Bible, when it talks about the anointed or the kings, those are people in authority over you. So actually, when we talk about some of this that we're 
actually talking about principles of what we're doing here that would have to do with how you treat the king. The pastor's been preaching on the king. But we're in age now. Um, those verses apply. The king is the person who's How do you win the king's favor? I had one other example here of laws. Uh, have you noticed, this is so wicked, laws that say it's okay to kill the baby if it's younger than a year, but innocent, but the guilty murder, is not I saw one person nod the head. Thanks, brother. Doesn't that bother you a little bit? That goes contrary to God's word. But that's the kind of laws that the natural government will make. Their laws are going to be against God and his authority. So let's go to the first principle. If you'll turn to Proverbs 14, verse 35. I'll give you just a moment, and I'm going to read it. title of this morning's lesson. In the next 15 minutes we have to do it is winning the king's favor. First principle, Proverbs 14, verse 35. The king's favor is toward a wise servant. That's the A part. The B part, but his wrath is against him that causes shame. I have this, and You might have a smarter way. This is just my way of pinpointing and practicing. You might write these down. I put number one with this verse, Proverbs 14.35. Choose wisdom as the principal objective in life. Choose wisdom as the principal objective in life. I already talked about the three types of people. The wise, the simple, and the fool. You want to be the wise one. Turn to Proverbs 4, verses 7 and 8. I think you'll find this interesting. I haven't heard this mentioned much in the last few years. Proverbs 4, 7, 8 says, Wisdom is the principle. That's P-A-L, not P-L-E. Remember when they were teaching you in school how to spell? And say, the principle is my pal, P-A-L. That meant the person as opposed to the idea, P-L-E. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom with all thy gifts. Get understanding. Verse 8. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. Lots of neat benefits. That's another lesson. But the principle there is wisdom is the main thing. That word principle means the main thing in life. Well, I really, I really interested in God's word. Then you should be looking and seeking to gain God's wisdom. Wisdom is the principle. The main thing in life is wisdom. There are many other verses, but that says it very clearly. Uh, I'm going to tell this illustration. I hope I can do it in about five minutes. But I had an acquaintance a number of years, a long time ago, actually, seven. Um, pastor was out of town uh, at a conference, and he had a youth pastor. In for him. That's a very thing. And uh, the youth pastor had a uh, uh, one of the boys in his uh, group that had been causing some trouble. 
and uh, had for a couple of years and had finally gotten to the point where he had been given the warning by the associate pastor, uh, one more incident and you're not going to camp. And uh, I don't remember, he saw him the next day or two, holding hands or kissing a girl, something. And so that was it. He's out. We called the uh, pastor, let him know. Good, good plan. Called the pastor, said, hey, this is what happened. Pastor said, okay, good call. He said, you know, be real careful because that boy's dad has really been tough. Uh, through the years, he's been critical and uh, he's given me a hard time. And, you know, between you and I, if that guy left the church, it would be a good thing. Horrible. So be very careful. Well, about that time, you passed me the call from the kid's dad, student's dad. And dad says, uh, my son says, uh, uh, go to camp. Starts to rail and lean on this social pastor. So the so, social pastor says, well, hey, I'm here to tell you something. I talked to pastor, and pastor said, you, you've been a thorn in his flesh for years and years and years. And, you know, it's just a good idea if you just pack up and leave. Because we don't need your kind around here. You get, I, I can tell I don't even have to explain what's wrong with that. That's good, isn't it, Pastor? It's good that they get it. <laughs> it's good you get it. I think it's obvious. And so what happened? Well, the pastor said, uh, I'm going to rush back to town. He's worried about a church split. And uh, I want you gone. I'll be back uh, Saturday. I want you gone. And fired him. He's gone. If he had uh, known some of the Bible principles and had uh, chosen wisdom, he would have learned some things like Proverbs 15.1. That was the next verse. We had looked at Proverbs 14.35. Look at Proverbs 15.1. Can you see maybe a better response the associate pastor could have had? It says, a soft answer turneth away wrath. But grievous words, grievous words stir up anger. And there are many, many other verses. That's another principle. A soft answer, maybe not so much soft in volume, though could have, but, but the type of words, not harsh words. When you talk to that dad, he could have said it a lot better without making it a big, big conflict and blowing the thing up and he loses his job. Second part of Proverbs 14.35, I said there was an A part. The B part is talks about how it shamed the pastor. But the first part is the king's favor is toward a wise servant. But his wrath is against him that causes shame. Do you think that head pastor was shamed? If you didn't know this principle, and if you didn't know the principle of Proverbs 51, Next principle. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs 24, verses 21 and 22. I'm going to give you the principle and then I'm going to read the verse. Here's the principle that I came up with. Pastor just preached a message on seven things to avoid 
and I came up with the eighth. And there's more. I'm not so naive as to think there aren't more. Avoid those who seek to undermine the king's authority. That could be uh, your boss. It could be the superintendent. It could be the doctor at the hospital. It could be the pastor of your church. Avoid those who seek to undermine the king's authority. And here's what Proverbs 24, 21, 22 says. My son, fear thou the Lord and the king. Notice that Lord is a capital L. King is a small K for king, but they're still right there together. You're not to... Uh, you're to fear the Lord, but also your boss. My son, fear the Lord and the king, your king, who's in authority over you, and meddle not with them that are given to change, for their calamity shall rise suddenly. And notice the last part, and who knoweth the ruin of them both? God does. Um, they're going to cause problems and calamity, and, 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 and certain uh, chaos will ensue, and it'll happen quickly. And uh, it could be avoided if you avoid those who seek to undermine the authority. You shouldn't be hanging around them. You shouldn't be with them because they're going to be under God's judgment and they're going to have calamity in their life. Um, I'm reminded of the story of Absalom. And uh, there's a lot about Absalom uh, that we could talk about. But one of the first parts would be the story with him and his uh, half-brother Amnon. And uh, interesting enough, those two may be jockeying to be the next king after David to reign. And uh, Amnon took his half-sister, Absalom's sister, and did an immoral thing with her. You know that story where he uh, fooled and, and somehow got her in a place and, and uh, did immoral things. Uh, and about two years later, Absalom got revenge. And I, it's not clear what his motive was. It could be, oh, yes, his sister had defiled so forth, but it also could be, because Absalom was not a good guy, uh, could be that he was also getting rid of someone he was in competition with his chief competitor for that spot of being king someday. And then we know also later, uh, for several years, Absalom hung around in the city and uh, he looked for those who were discontent with decisions that were made by the authority, the king, King David and his staff, and he won over almost the whole Jerusalem, the whole area, uh, and caused that huge rebellion, and you know the story. Uh, then now he's marching on David. He's going to take over the kingdom, and it ends. I have a hard time imagining his hair getting caught in the branch was just a physiological thing. I think it was supernatural, like a, a well or a great special fish swallowing Jonah, um, but that's how it all ended up. So avoid, second principle, avoid those who seek to undermine the kingdom of the And if I can say this, um, it's okay to trust the pastor and the authority. Uh, in our circles, hardcore, fundamental, Bible-believing, Baptist circles, uh, can't you just hear some people saying, so, bless God! I'm watching the pastor, and I've got my Bible. Everybody's doing that. And he doesn't think he's And you don't. Does anybody think Pastor Trudell is God? Nobody. You know, right. We don't think he's God. And <laughs> your wife said no, too. She, for sure. <laughs> First time I've ever heard her speak up in church. <laughs> and, uh, but can't.
can't you hear a fundamentalist back there? Bless God, I'm watching you. I got my Bible. Well, we're, that's, that does go on. But uh, God's set up this plan. And, uh, you know, he's the ultimate authority. Then there's Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. But there's under shepherds. In fact, there's, uh, it's a different category. There's the pastor has a chance to give this thing called the shepherd's crown. Five crowns. We don't get to get that one unless we're a shepherd. He's going for it. <laughs> There's the watcher's crown, you know, looking for that blessed hope of the Lord, the training of the great God and our Savior Jesus. That's available to us. There's a soul winner's crown. There's five of them. But one is just for pastors, the shepherd's crown. God's the final authority, the great authority, but under him is the pastor and then the sheep. The shepherd has sheep. Sheep are led by the pastor. We have all kinds of built-in majors. Something goes with the shepherd, right? I mean, we just do. It's already there. But we don't really need that attitude. Bless God. Nobody's going to. There's the other way. I grew up in the evangel. I was a Methodist for years and years. And we would compromise. We'd get someone in and they'd go, well, the other guy was okay, but I don't think he's hell and I'm going to mark that out everywhere and here. And we'd just compromise. And uh, we don't want that. We don't want Jimmy Jones or David Koresh. We have our Bibles. Um, but saying all that, say this. You, you, you should, since he's your shepherd, you should trust your shepherd. He might have a plan. He might be heading in a direction, leading the church. And uh, it might not be what you thought. I, oh, it should be. But you better not be one of those who sows discord or... It's okay to trust them. You're not violating scripture. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Sheep follow the shepherd. I got three minutes. I just get you know. That's some more of that kind of stuff coming. Um, three minutes. So I think I'm going to stop right there with this. I have some other things to say. Um, we will, this class will stop at a quarter of. Uh, that's the way it's supposed to be, uh, so that other things can get ready for the main service. Um, in the coming weeks, um, I would like to bring uh, messages, because this is the way I think and the way I work, that have to do with pinpointing and practicing God's principles. And uh, I like to bounce ideas off my wife and so forth, and uh, we have the, some the seven or eight benefits of meditation and principles of meditation on God's Word. One of them, just to, just to throw this out, um, and I don't know if you knew this or not, there's all kinds of benefits for meditation. Everybody knows meditation, you know, thinking on the Calvary, God's Word, over and over and over and over. One of the benefits is this supernatural ability to be aware of things. I know there's honor, there's a lot of Blessing, long life, and uh, wealth, and prosperity, and so forth. But there's one, I think it's kind of surprising, and it's a God's word, and it has to do with this ability to um, orientate when you don't have knowledge of stuff. God just kind of gives you this antenna, and you're aware of dangers and things. You wouldn't, you're alert about things. Uh, who wouldn't want that? Especially in this day and age. So we're going to look at things like that. We're going to look at the fool. 
Three types of people, the wise, simple fool. We're going to look at the simple. We're going to look at the wise principles. All principles, verses you can take and boil it down, and there's something there you can just take home with you and live by. So I got one minute to go, and then my wife said she wanted a word or two. She just got, what? She's going, <laughs> Mr. Trudell said something. So, <laughs> so I think it's time to pray, and uh, we hope you're back in next week. We hope to have coffee, and we'd like to really uh, uh, have a, a time with this group of fellowship before Sunday school. But when it's time for Sunday school, we'll have Sunday school in order and then get right into the, ready for the main service. So let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you for Friends Day, and uh, we know there have been scores of people invited, uh, invitations sent out, and uh, we praise the Lord for the bus crowd that came in today already, and those that will drive in. Pray that you'll give Pastor wisdom and power as he speaks, and uh, the right things will happen with uh, the visitors that come that need to get saved or baptized or maybe have a work done in their heart. Thank you for this class specifically. I pray that you'll bless it. And um, uh, the activities, all of them, will bring honor and glory to you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.